Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target, are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill. What's the easiest choice you can make? Window instead of middle seat? Picking a vendor who sends a great gift basket? Outsourcing business tasks you hate? What about selling with Shopify? Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage, Shopify is there to help you grow. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify's got you covered. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash try. Go to shopify.com slash try now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash try. On this edition of On the Mark with Mark Carmen, we've got David Ross, the World Series champion, the Boston Red Sox and the Chicago Cubs. Ken Rosenthal, Fox Sports Outstanding Baseball TV reporter Ken Rosenthal talking about the future of Joe Madden. Paul Sullivan, longtime baseball scribe from the Chicago Tribune, also speculating on what will happen with Madden. And my guy, Ethan Blumenthal, has a meltdown as, uh, yes, indeed, the Cubs are out of the playoffs. This is On the Mark with Mark Harmon, and it starts right now. We start out the broadcast with a former catcher, maybe potential manager down the line. Here is David Ross. Where are you at, David, as far as your desire to get back in the dugout? Are you feeling that itch at all? Yeah, great question. I think that's, I think that's one of those things that it's going to have to be the right opportunity to, to come back for me. Um, you know, for the most part, I've got a. I live a pretty good life. The TV stuff is really fun to call baseball games. You know, I've got, you know, 50 days with ESPN that I work. I get to poke my head into the draft and go to spring training with the Cubs and be a part of cool events in Chicago like this. Um, you know, so things are pretty good. I've got small kids at home. I've got a 12-year-old daughter and, and you know, when you and a 10-year-old son and a 4-year-old. So when you're talking about, like, this diaper need and, and all these things that hit home, I think that it goes back to, like, what's the opportunity to get out of this lifestyle I live now and to get back in the game? But I'll, I'll tell you, my heart definitely itches to get in that dugout at times and um, be a part of something special that I've been a part of before. So there's a push-pull for sure, and, and it's, it's going to have to be a unique opportunity that, that would pull me away from my family and, and the sacrifices you make to be in the major leagues. And that rumor is just out there every day. And for the record, I mean, I don't, I don't think the Cubs should be moving on from Joe Madden, but me either. For the record, right? And but it seems, but if they do, then it's then it's then it's you. And people are saying that the next manager of the Chicago Cubs, David Ross. Like when you see that, what, what's your reaction? Uh, I, I think there must be idiots writing these articles. 
I don't know, man. Like, it's a honestly, like, with, all joking aside, like, it's a huge honor, right? Like, somebody thinks about people think you're the best guy for a job to run an organization and such a, a prominent organization. I mean, it's a huge honor, but I go back to people have no idea what Joe Madden has brought to the team, what he's done, his resume. Um, the grass isn't always greener. Um, you know, do I one day have an itch to manage? You know, that's definitely crossed my mind, especially with all the rumors that fly around. Um, and do I want to put my stamp on a team and, and the things I believe in? Of course. Like, you see things. I mean, I think even as a, as a casual fan, you start to um, – you start to want to kind of do things your way. So, um, yeah, I mean, like I said, it's all about opportunity. I think when you have to give up and sacrifice family time, and it's got to be worth it. You know, it's got to be worth your while to, to get back in the dugout. And be, you got to have a passion for it because I don't kind of – I don't do things halfway. I, I go all in, and so that's, that's a huge commitment for me. But it, it's definitely flattering to hear those rumors. Do you look at this team like they've underachieved? I mean, the guys in, in there will say, we have all this talent, but uh, on the other hand, you know, baseball's hard. There's a lot, the, other, the other team is trying yeah, to beat you. And that's, that's the category I fall into. Category, like, baseball's hard. I don't care what the numbers tell you and, and what the expectations are. Baseball is really hard. And, and you know, I, I think does it underachieving, what does that even mean? Like, I know I, I watch these guys play and they lay it on the line night in and night out. I watch them probably closer than I do the rest of the world, baseball world. And so um, I think baseball is very, very, very difficult. And so that's, that's kind of a category I fall under. And last one for you. There was a game last night that lasted six hours. Do we need to change any of the rules in baseball in your mind? Oh, man. I, I think I leave those things those, those important things to people smarter than me. But um, I definitely think as a fan now, like uh, when I'm playing, I, I don't want – when I was playing, I didn't want the game messed with. Don't mess with my game. I love the game. I know how it plays out and how to win. Now when I watch the game, I definitely feel like it's, you know, can be kind of gruesome to watch at times. It gets a little long. The pitching changes. Um, it's not a fun game to watch night in and night out. I root for people a lot of the times too, so – you know, I watch the game a little bit differently than maybe a casual fan boot for a certain organization, but um, definitely something needs to, to what, I'll tell you this, Mark, when I do the Little League World Series for ESPN, yeah. it's my favorite thing that we do. The games are fast. It's, it, the, the kids are unique. The ball's put in play. There's great defense, and it's six innings, and I swear, I, like, the fourth inning matters is a big deal. Like, I love doing the games. I love watching the games. I think it's fun. People are tuning in at home. So, I don't, I'm not saying you change Major League Baseball to six innings. I'm just saying something needs to change where it's exciting and, you know, the, the, the third, fourth, fifth inning matter. I'm pretty sure it was the sixth inning when Andrew Miller threw you a fastball and you took it out in Game 7 of the World Series. If he throws you a slider there, David Ross, do you, do you still hit a homer on that, on that pitch? No. No, and I don't get to do cradles to crayons and affect all these people in the world with diapers. If he knows me a slider, I don't get to bring awareness to do interviews with you, no doubt. That, is a, that was a huge selection. That's why every pitch matters. And as much as you want to break down and slow the, you know, speed the game up, slowing the game down and, and from a catching perspective, being on the same page and calling the right pitch, all that stuff matters in, of making history. And, and that's what I'm trying to do on the field when you're out there. That's what you're trying to do. When you're doing cool events like like this, I mean, you're trying to trying to bring awareness. You're trying to trying to make history. Trying to change the world in, in, in a positive way. And 
um, that's 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 kind of kind of where I'm at with that. Yeah, you're working with Huggies and Walgreens. You're donating two million diapers nationwide, two hundred fifty thousand in Chicago. Just last word. Why was this so important for you? Well, I, it started last year with the awareness for me and the group with the Cradles to Crayons, Walgreens, and Huggies all came back and asked me to be a part of it. And the people that work here, the lives you're affecting, the, the families that come in and get this. And and I, I didn't even know that diaper banks existed, right? Like, a lot of people don't know that. The more you get that, that word out there, the more it's going to affect these families that are missing work and school, these moms that are having to, you know, not to have diapers for their children. It blows my mind. And so I just wanted to, for a person that took diapers for granted and, you know, we would get a new one every chance I got. It just brought a great awareness, and I think it's a great cause, and, and it's a definite need in, in our country and in Chicago. David Ross, thanks for the time. Great to talk to you. Thank you. Moving on from the dugout to the broadcast world, and Ken Rosenthal always on the ground knowing what's happening. Kenny, what happened to those Cubs? <laughs> Wish I had the answer. It's been a lot of things, I guess, different times, different issues. They haven't really synced up all at once, which is obviously a problem. But the rotation was good for a while. Now it's not so great. The bullpen was down for a while. Now it's good. The offense comes and goes. It's just been one of those odd kind of years where they're never really clicking. I saw Chris Bryant said something recently, which was Joe Madden being a lame duck manager maybe put more pressure on the guys. Do you put anything into that? That's something that affects different players in different ways. Some players don't care at all who their manager is, and some recognize that there's a different atmosphere around the team because he is in the final year of a contract. I don't know that you can blame it on that. It's probably a factor for some and not necessarily even an overriding factor, but I know where Chris was coming from. He's right. They have to answer questions about it, and in a normal circumstance, they would not. If the Cubs move on, how long do you think Joe Madden will be out there? Good question. I don't expect very long, but I'm not sure what teams are thinking these days. And no one seems to want to pay managers anymore. So if you're going to get Joe Madden, you're not going to pay him what you're paying, for instance, Rocco Baldelli, one of his former players in Minnesota. So that for me is the question, but there's enough volatility right now in that position around the industry where I would expect he gets something. Does that seem off to you that... The manager is being, I guess, devalued? Yes, it seems off to me. And I understand the front offices want control and they want their people in and all of that, but there's a lot of value to what a manager does. First of all, he's your public face. He's meeting with the media two times a day. He's kind of messaging your franchise. But beyond that, he sets the tone for your team. And I don't measure managers necessarily by their strategic decisions because they can backfire on anyone. But... Is the team playing hard? Is the team playing to its fullest potential? That is kind of where it comes into play, and you see with certain teams, they play a certain way and as a reflection of the manager. Let's do one dark horse for Ken Rosenthal going into the playoffs. Oakland. And I don't necessarily believe they're going to win a series. I do think they can win the wild card game, but they're playing well right now. These young pitchers that are coming up, Manaya has come back. Luzardo looks really good in the bullpen. A.J. Puck, maybe not as advanced. It's just kind of an interesting collection with some superstars in the position group. So I can see them 
at least causing some trouble. And last one, and this one's out in the future a little bit, but the White Sox have a lot of talent and a lot of money available and are expected to be active. I don't think it's Garrett Cole, but can you see the White Sox being in on, on some of the big names? And I don't know if anybody pops to mind that you think may land there. They were in on the big names last offseason, so I don't see any reason why they wouldn't be on the bigger players this offseason. The difference is there isn't a Harper or Machado, a 26-year-old, that's coming on the market. There are interesting players, no doubt, Garrett Cole being the most interesting. I don't expect them necessarily to be involved in that, but I would think they'll be busy. And you know what? It doesn't have to be a superstar. Two or three complementary parts to what they have, the right veterans, that could really have a significant impact on where they're going. Kenny, great to see you. Looking forward to the playoffs. Appreciate it. Thank you. All right, just went national with Ken Rosenthal. Let's go local. Let's go Tribune. Let's bring in Paul Sullivan. Sully, what's going to happen to Joe Madden? Let's go small with uh, Paul Sullivan. No, 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 no. That's what you said. That's what you said. I said let's go local, and I'm and I prefer local. Damn it. Because I am uh, Kenny Rosenthal's height, I believe at least. Uh, you could post up Ken Rosenthal. That's the, I, I would dunk on Ken Rosenthal in a second. Uh, so anyway, I'm sorry. What's your question? My, my, my question is, the few, what do you think is going to happen with Joe Madden? You know the answer, don't you? I don't know the answer. I, you know, everyone seems to assume that he's not going to uh, survive because, you know, uh, if they really wanted him back, you would think they would have, you know, gave him an extension last year. Uh, he claims it's not about wins and losses. So, you know, he's the winningest manager, I think, in at least 100 years, so if that's not it, then you have to wonder what it would be about. Um, and then you got to think that there's just some kind of problem between him and the front office that can't be fixed. So I would, if you ask me to speculate, I would say, yes, he's gone, but uh, I, I don't have any inside information that he's gone. Here's the Mark Carmen take. If I was going to fire Joe Madden, I would have fired him after they won the World Series. Just for the way that he handled Game 7. But then they wouldn't have been there because he put Chapman in in Game 5 and he got the final seven outs. People forget that. But, like, if you're going to fire him, I would have fired him then. Since then, the front office is at fault here from for not getting over the hump. They've made some bad investments. Yeah, you know, I know everyone's still upset about the Cubs winning the World Series and not winning in the fashion that they all wanted them to win, <laughs> which is probably the greatest irony of all time that... Cub fans waited their whole lives for this, and then when they win, they're still not happy. I don't know. I, I Everyone seems to have a feeling that he's gone, so uh, I have to admit that I, I have that feeling as well. All right, let me ask you just a, an overarching baseball question. You've been covering the game for how long now? Oh, gosh. Uh, uh, mid Late 80s, so 89, I would say, at least. And is it your favorite sport? Uh, to cover, my favorite sport to watch is NFL football. But uh, uh, why, why do you prefer covering baseball? Uh, you have more uh, time to get to know the players. I think the NFL is so structured. I, I used to cover the Bears for the Tribune. For a couple of years, I was the backup guy. But uh, I think it's a better sport to cover. There's more you know, daily access and uh I do like watching games and covering games. With the Bears, you know, you have the one game and then you have a week of writing features. And, I, you know, I just enjoy writing off a game. All right. So that's exactly where I'm getting to, by the way. 
do you like watching baseball right now? Do you enjoy, we're trying to take the ball to the ballpark. We're it's the current brand of baseball. Um, yeah, it's not as fun as it used to be. I do miss, you know, geez, uh, I was looking at a stat the other day. No one bunts anymore. No one steals. There's really not even that many sacrifice flies <laughs> as there used to be. So the game has just totally changed in the last five, ten years. And uh, So, yeah, it's, it's not as good as it used to be, I don't think. But uh, I still enjoy watching it. All right, last one here. At least the first three hours, maybe. The last <laughs> hour can be a little tedious. <laughs> just the last hour. All right, I got it. Give me one Paul Sullivan managerial batter, battle in your career, be it... I don't know. We can go, we can go to Dusty. We can go to Jim Riggleman. Uh, you've spent time on the South Side. I don't know. We could throw Ozzy in there. I don't know if you ever battled it out with Terry Bevington. Give me a, a sully scuffle, if you will. Oh wow, there's been quite a few. I would say uh, the Terry Bevington has to go into the Hall of Fame of knucklehead managers for me. Because we, we just didn't hit it off, and he was rude to really the entire media, not just me. And I kind of felt like I had to stand up for the media sometimes. And um, remember walking out, picking up my tape recorder and walking out of his office once when he was just disrespectful to us and everybody followed. And, you know, he just sat there like an idiot. And uh, so, yeah, I would say him... Uh, and he just wouldn't, you know, there are rules that they have to follow as far as giving the media access to the clubhouse. And he just always disregarded them as though, you know, he could make his own rules. And when I would point out that, um, you know, you have to let us in at this prescribed time because that's what MLB says. He's like, uh, I'm not the doorman, Sullivan. And uh, I always loved Ozzie Guillen because uh, once he said that to me and... Uh, he walked away, and then Ozzy said, well, he should be the doorman. <laughs> <laughs> so I, I probably shouldn't have called out Ozzy on that one, but it was a classic line, and uh, I'll never forget it because it, it broke me up. And, you know, God bless. I hope Terry Bevington has, a, you know, is mellowed after his career, but he, he was not a pleasant person to deal with. It's only great to see you. All right. Good luck, Carm. We continue the Cubs conversation with Ethan Blumenthal. Uh, Ethan, you're a diehard Cub fan, and uh, the Cubs have lost five one-run games, effectively been knocked out of the playoffs by the St. Louis Cardinals, their arch rival. Uh, they didn't win the division. They're not going to make the wild card. Joe Madden's getting fired. Uh, they did win the World Series, if I recall, back in 2016. But this, these are tough times right now. This is, I would rather have been shot in both kneecaps than had to watch the Cubs lose five one-run games. Which, was the, which to, was the hardest loss for you? Oh, my God. Was, How can you? I mean, game the first game against the Cardinals, coming back, scoring three in the ninth, that's the game where you're, I was watching. I'm like, this is it. This is where everything turns around. The Cubs are going to win this game, come back. It's going to be epic, and then we're going to go on. We're going to win, like, seven in a row. We're going to beat the Cardinals. We're going to win the division. And then the opposite happened, and it it was, it's been hard to sleep. See, I was at that game, and I was with my lovely fiance, and she wanted to keep score. And so I had gotten out there early. I was dealing with the scalping uh, situation. Mm, okay. And, and she was late. I, I had the dugout seats that uh, I said, can you beat the StubHub prices? And the guy was beating them for me. I was going to basically get a two-for-one dugout seat. Okay. But 
Uh, she wasn't there, and the tickets looked a little wonky, mm-hmm. even though this guy was a professional scalper. So I ended up not getting those seats. Uh, this is very important. Mm-hmm. And, and ended up sitting down the right field line, where you do have to pay close attention if you're going to do the scorecard. Mm-hmm. Well, not only did she show up late, but she wasn't doing the scorecard. So I was in extra angst because I basically had to take over the scorecard duties mm. that she wanted to do. I wanted to have an accurate you know, uh, documentation mm-hmm. of, of this course. game. And, and and then as as they're you know as we go to the ninth, they say you want to go home, you want to stay. And no, let's go. And I'm like, you know, I, I'm I'm not sure. You, you, I think we should probably hang out. So we hung out. But then the whole time as they're coming back, she's kind of like creeping onto my side of the seat, and you know we're standing, and I'm I don't have any room, and the guy next to me, and so I was really irritated. And, and then they lost, so I just want to put it up that that uh, that, that that sucked on many levels. So the scorecard duties, the 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 the, the infringement on my seat, and, and then the sounds a lot like a personal problem you, for for much of that. I mean, you know, I can share obviously the misery about the uh, the Cubs losing. Yeah, you know the thing but that about was, that was the, yeah. that was that was the end for so, me. Just so you know, understood. Uh, you know, the thing for me is I think what would have made a difference in this whole Cubs season is if they had just you know ponied up and give it to Craig Kimbrell's money so he could have been pitching for the Cubs. They did sign Craig Kimbrell. Oh, they did. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> they did sign Craig Kimbrell. What happened? Can you remind me so I can get shot in the kneecap uh, again? I, I can remind you yeah. that last year when the Boston Red Sox won the World Series mm-hmm. and Craig Kimbrell was on that team, yeah. I can remind you that Chris Sale was closing out the final game because mm. Craig Kimbrell sucked. And I can remind you that nobody went out and was willing to pay a draft pick to get Craig Kimbrell. And I can remind you that once that draft pick thing was over, baseball's weird thing, he was out there, and the Cubs were the team that ponied up $46 million to bring him in because they never paid Araldis Chapman because they let Wade Davis walk out the door. And they uh, and here was a guy who wasn't healthy last year and then now not healthy now and, and just blowing games left and right. I don't know that he's not – I mean – he, when he blew those games in epic fashion, I mean, those were like 97, 98 mile an hour fastballs. I mean, the arm looked healthy. He was just making terrible pitches, and I hate him, and I wish nothing but the worst for him. He was on the DL last week. No, I understand, but he's still, I mean, you know, he's throwing 97, 98. Does you, my arm, you know, my arm hurts too because I can't throw 97, 98, but he can't. Was he snapping off nasty breaking balls? I don't care what the hell he was throwing. The ball was soaring out of Wrigley yeah. Field. The dude's yeah. hurt. The dude's not right. You want to? Maybe he's not hurt. Although he just was on the DL, I think he's hurt. That he's had. Yeah, but I think guys go on the DL for sucking all the time. It's mm. called the suck DL. You, you know? think he was on the suck DL? I think. I think that's where. I think like quarter of the time guys go on the suck DL. They just like, oh, he has you know hip impingement. Hip impingement. That's not a fucking thing. So he. That's just. That's just. You know, it's just code word so you, for I suck a lot. Let think, me just figure this out. So you think the knee, first it was the knee. That was the suck DL for the knee. Mm-hmm. And then they made up the elbow I think too? it's all suck, yeah. Uh, I'm not going there. But okay, mm-hmm. it's, it's, I, I can't right. completely shoot down that theory. Uh, how do you feel about Joe Madden getting fired? Because Joe Madden is getting fired. Um, well, you know, I believe that the manager is the most, the manager in baseball is the most overrated position in all of sports. Oh my God. We're so not aligned today. It's painful. Go ahead. I I think that anyone, you or I, you know, have you ever seen the movie Moneyball? I've seen Moneyball. Okay. So one of the main points you get out of that movie, I mean, there's a lot of them, right? But one of them is that, um, 
Who, who's the uh, Art Howe? Art, Art Howe, right? Art Howe is just upon Billy Bean makes the team, and all Art Howe has to do is play the team how they were designed to be played. He doesn't really do anything; he's just a face for it, and that's exactly what I believe. I think that Joe Man, people love Joe Man when they won the World Series, and that's great. Um, I. Joe Man seems like a perfectly nice person, but I don't think that him managing um, adds any win or any loss to any team or any manager does at all. Okay, so we're gonna have I to. I think it's all you're just you're just you're, you're, and I think anyone is kidding themselves when they think that that makes a difference. Well, so let me uh, let me ask you a couple questions, if I may. These these mm-hmm. these 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 things that are playing baseball, they're human beings, right? Um, yes, I would agree with that. Okay, and they yeah. do. Spend... I mean, Albert Pujols was called the machine, but besides him, yeah, that's okay. And and they spend that's a good point they spend eight months together right mm-hmm. all right and and they're and they're in close quarters right yeah. mm-hmm. and they're out there having to compete and they're traveling around the country and, and um you know there's and they got a lot of egos right and then they have this thing that you got to do is meet the media twice a day and you're the face of the franchise mm-hmm. so you got to talk about the team and then you got to get and not anger the team because these people might have you know reactions and whatnot then you got to make decisions Seventh, eighth, ninth inning, and I know. Okay, we're winning in the ninth. We go, we go to the closer. It doesn't take a genius to do that, but there's a lot of decisions to be made. I don't know. I think that oh, those are all things to me, Ethan. And you're just flat out dogging Joe Madden. This and every no, I'm, other, not do- I'm not dogging and, Joe Madden. I, I think and, that and they're all perfectly nice people. I just don't think that, that it matters what they do. I mean, any any decision with the bullpen, like okay, so you can say, oh, I, he should have done that, should have done that. Well, hindsight's easy for the most part. There's never a really clear decision that's like he clearly messed that one up. It's just. He, you know, he maybe, you know, it didn't go his way. He put in Kimbrell and he sucked. I mean, it's not his fault that guys give a walk. It's not his fault that the Cubs can't score more than two runs. Do you think, so you think coaches matter in football? Absolutely, yeah. Basketball? Yeah. But not baseball? Definitely not, no. Well, now, in, in, not in professionals. In college and everything else, absolutely all coaches matter because, you know, those are really just kids. What about, um, what about volleyball? Um, you know, I'm not, uh, I don't, I haven't watched a ton of volleyball swimming? in my life. Swimming, swimming. I also get in the pool, get down. I, I'm, I'm also gonna have to. I, I don't know. I don't know too much about swimming. Tennis. Got to put the doubles teams together. So like Roger Federer's coach. No, I'm going like college level. Like the okay, yeah. So I think anyone's coach, you know. But I was actually when I was at the U.S. Open yeah. and I was watching like I was watching Djokovic and Nadal uh, warm up. Okay, they were practicing. And obviously, of course, their practicing is, is, you know, a bigger event than like most of the guys playing an actual game. Um, so, uh, so, you know, those two guys, they're, they're hitting a couple balls, right? And obviously they're amazing because they're the two best players in the world, two of the best players in the world. And then their coaches comes up to them and says something to them. And they're talking about, it looks like he's talking about a swing. Obviously, I can't hear what they're saying. But I'm thinking to myself, what the fuck could this coach be telling Rafa Nadal that he's doing after five minutes of watching him hit just practice balls? I mean, what could he possibly be telling him? And I'm thinking to myself, well, he probably can't be telling him anything real. But the fact is, is he wants to continue getting paid. So he's got to, you know, he's got to pretend like, oh, I have some input to have but really i mean what can you possibly tell Rafa, someone who's that good rafa nice start tonight i start to stay out in front out in front out yeah in front, exactly out, so out exactly front. exactly that's what that's what most of coaching is and, and, and in basketball you know i watch this a lot i love watching when they have uh you know in the right before they go to timeout and they have like the slow motion replay they have like a slow motion play of a game of a player like shooting a shot and then they have a slow motion of the coach yelling something right 
and you think like, what are the coaches yelling? They, they know so much. And I do think that in basketball, it matters more, but usually, you know, you just see the coach and he's just saying, box out, box out. It's like, you think, you think he should box out? I mean, what, a, what an ingenious thing that he told his player to box out. You know, they're just constantly saying those same things, reminding them, okay, hit the ball in front. But like, does that really do anything? Or is it just making them feel like they're doing more than they actually are? Well, you just teed up the college basketball coach mm-hmm. for me. That's the most annoying coach. College basketball men's hoops coach mm-hmm. who runs and sprints down right. the sidelines with a scowl the whole time. Yeah. That uh, Tom Crean, mm-hmm. top of the list. So irritating and and just screaming for attention. It bothers me. Uh, before we go here, I want to go. I want to go back to the yeah. to, to Sorry. Your, your beloved. I, just, I got passion there. To, to your beloved Cubs. No, it's great. Uh, who who do you think is going to be on the way out with Joe Madden this offseason, if you had to speculate from your Ethan Blumenthal seat? And, and actually, let me rephrase that question. Yeah. Who do you want to see on the move after this debacle of a ending of a season? Um, I, so, you know, player-wise, I mean, we're not talking yeah, about no, Jed and Theo. No, you can talk Jed and Theo. Okay, well, I mean... That's your choice? I think that... Uh, you yeah, can, and, and by the way, this is, can be a long list. You can name everybody you want, gone. Okay. You know, so I think, I, I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm a big proponent on most people staying. I like Kyle Schorber. From the moment that I saw him hit a baseball, I was, I said, and I, and I will, and I probably will have to follow my story for this one, I said that he's going to be end up being the best hitter out of all of them, Rizzo, Bryant, Baez. I, there's still time for me to be right about that, but I'm kind of, you know, thinking that I'm probably wrong about it now. But I still think that he's a really, really good hitter. You, and the fact is, is he could end up with 40 home runs this year or thereabouts. Mm-hmm. Um, those are pretty good numbers. I think he's somehow he seems to me as a really good eye, and he yet and he crushes the ball. Yet somehow he's still only batting like 235. Okay. I don't know how that happens. But my point is, I want him to stay. I, I want you know Chris Bryant's an amazing hitter. He just like quietly is going to end up you know hitting like 30 some home runs you know and have a 400 obp so uh, most of the guys i want i want to stay obviously you know i think guys like hamels he, he can over. go he can go um honestly you know john lester great and i know he has one year left on his contract but you know I, if he never pitched for the cubs again i wouldn't cry about it Wow, you want to deal Lester? That would be an aggressive thing to do. I mean, again, I don't think who they would might. want him. I mean, he's not. He's. I, I take know, John Lester on my team. He's still a winner. Um, I don't think he's going anywhere, though. I think that that'll, it, that'll play its way out. Uh, or I could see. I mean, if they if Ian Happ got traded, that's fine. But he's not a piece, you know. I mean, I, I mean. So you're not going to miss Ian Happ. You're no. not going to miss Albert Elmore. No, definitely they, not Elmore. He sucks. What about Baez? If they traded Baez, would you freak? Uh, I would. I would. I would miss Baez. You know, okay. he, he brings the he brings a lot of flair. And as much as I I prefer a guy like Rizzo who walks and has really good play appearances, it's cool to have a guy who can you know hit a double off of a ball that bounced in front of the plate. What happens if they aggressively traded Kyle Hendricks? Oh, that I would not be a fan of. Okay, I love the professor. Okay, yeah, yeah. Right, see, big fan. How can you not be a fan of a guy who's throwing, who's, who's dominating, throwing eighty-seven miles an hour? See, because I'm watching the, it. He hits eighty-eight a bunch, mm-hmm. but now he's been in eighty-six, mm-hmm. and, and he had he had to stop in the middle of the year. Mm-hmm. I think something's wrong with that shoulder. I deal him. I, I, you deal him? I, I would I would highly consider it. Um, right. He's on a great contract, so he maybe you get a lot of value for him. I'm not worried about the money with the Cubs. They got enough dough. Last question. Yeah. I got. I've given you the pie chart, hundred uh-huh. percent, right? All right, you get to assign blame. What percent does Theo and Jed get? What percent do the players get? What percent does Madden get? What are you doing? Okay, 
Madden gets zero blame. Zero blame. Zero blame. I think he should get zero credit when they win, and I think they should get zero blame. He's not doing that much. At the end of the day, 90% of it is on the players. Obviously, most people, if you look at the Cubs on paper in a lot of different ways, you know, they should have been better than they were this year. You know, you had obviously injuries, but everyone deals with injuries. And so I can't blame Theo and Jed. Yeah, like, so they made some, you made some bad decisions. This guy doesn't work out. You know, everyone's dogging them for, you know, the Jake Arrieta, you Darvish thing. Well, look, you Darvish was their best player down the stretch, basically. And um, so I, I don't blame them. I mean, I think, I think 95 of it goes to, uh, goes to the players. And I would say maybe put five on the front office, um, you know, for maybe, you know, making a couple of bad moves that, that in the last couple of years they have, haven't hit on, on a bunch of stuff like they did early on with Lester, et cetera. You're putting 5% on the front office yeah. who had the youngest, bestest team in baseball and went out and signed Jason Hayward, F, Brandon Morrow, F. I almost, I almost forgot he existed. Okay. Tyler Chatwood, F. He was he was okay this year as a reliever. But you yes. want to give any of these guys D's? Fine. Yeah. But but they're they're I'm not gonna no higher than that. Mm-hmm. Uh, can I, should I continue on? Yeah, go for it. Didn't trade any of their young talent. Ian Happ, Albert Almora, whoever else you want to throw in there. This guy Christian Yelich ended up in Milwaukee. Mm-hmm. F. Uh, let's see what else have they done? How many hitting coaches and pitching coaches and sw- how many switches around have we had? Yeah, but again, that, that I don't believe that that stuff also really matters okay, that fine, much. Fine. That's just like you got to feel like you do it so the fans and people are like, oh, they're doing something different. Oh, okay, all right, all right, fine. Um, didn't sign Araldis Chapman, F. Traded for Wade Davis, kept him for a year, let him walk. That's probably a C because he's he had one good year in Colorado, but he was bad this year. Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't know, man. We got uh, we got a lot. So of, you want me to give them? I some, I think that I, mean, I, yeah, I let's hear your numbers. How would you bring it? My down? numbers are seventy five percent Theo and Jed. Wow. Twenty percent the players. Five percent Madden. That's me. Seventy five percent Theo and Jed. But the players are the ones on the field. All they have to do, all Kim, you know, if Kimball doesn't blow seventeen million games. It's their. You know, jo- it's a whole. It's a whole different thing. It's their job. That's why they get paid the huge money to acquire. And that's why the players get paid even more money so that they can hit the ball and pitch the ball and field it well. Right, but the the accountability that rises up. I, I think the players. The the twenty percent that I'm giving to the players is that they have not been. On point with how many how many base running errors have they made this year? Seven zillion. You guys are, and I think that Theo and Jed created this, by the way, at least in some way, in not extending and or firing Joe Madden. If you were gonna, don't let him sit there and dangle for a year. I think it put more pressure on the team. No, you don't believe in the manager not at all. But do people do like consistency, predictability, knowing who's going to be the skipper? This guy has been hanging out there for no reason whatsoever, in my mind. Like if you have a, if you have a personal issue with Joe Madden, if you really think that he can't get the job, and then fire him and, and hire somebody. Don't let him sit there a whole year and try to prove to something to you when he's won the World Series, went to the NLCS twice, and because you know, and and then made the playoffs but lost in the wild card. If you got a problem with him at that point, just fire him because that that's because clearly it's not about wins and losses; it's about something else. Just to hit on that manager one more time. You know, if Madden is indeed out the door, 
Um, while I do have, you know, a, a nice, I run my own business, Carm. Um, if the Cubs came knocking, I'd probably say yes to that. And right. listen, Theo and Jed, if you're listening, I will take less than what Madden was getting. What was Madden getting? Probably six like million. Six million. Listen, cut it in half, okay? You know, I'm not a greedy man, okay? I just, I want what I want. I need what I need, and that's it. So give me three million a year, and I will coach the team, and I will do as good of a job as anyone else. Would you do it for $75,000? Can I have 85? Are there benefits? 85 with benefits. And I have sure. health insurance? Yeah. Done. 85. Deal. Health. All right, I'll let them know. Yeah. Uh, last thing as we go here, I think I've said last thing 100 times. We were just riding up in the elevator to do this podcast, mm-hmm. and we did not press the floor that we were going to. So the elevator went up to the, call it the fifth floor, and then it went back down because we yeah. never pushed the button. So I don't know what that means, but I think it's true. Well, I think we were just enjoying each other's company. Well, we were, but I think that's a problem for both of us, that we weren't focused in the it's moment true. on the greater goal, yeah. which was to get to the seventh floor, get off the elevator, and do the podcast. Yeah. So maybe we're both avoiding the podcast on some level. You know what? You you, you and Freud should go grab a drink. Don't sometime. you think? Yeah. yeah Me definitely. and Sigmund, right? Yeah. Yeah. Because something was going on there. Yeah. There was, a, there was a podcast avoidance. Wow. There's... We're going deep. I, I mean, Carm is Carm is, is is on another level, guys. I, there, I, I, we I, we got to name what is yeah. what's what's so and what was so today is that we avoided, and I think we avoided because it was very painful, uh, specifically for you. Yeah. To talk about uh, what's happened on the north side, so that's that's how we bring it full circle. Yeah. All right. Thanks for checking out the pod today, uh, Ethan Blumenthal. You're the man. Take it easy, Carm. My final thoughts, I'm thinking back to 2016, and I'm working for WGN Radio, as I am today, and they send me to Cleveland to cover Game 6 and Game 7 of the World Series. And the Cubs were down at that point three games to two. And they smoked the Indians in Game 6, and they somehow survive and win it in Game 7. And there was a huge line of media all waiting to get in the Cubs clubhouse. And I had watched the entire game up in the press box. So I was basically the last guy to come down. And there was no way I was going to wait at the back of this line to try to get in the Cubs clubhouse. So I'm trying to figure out a way to get on the field and try to get ahead of all the people that I'm competing against and start to get some, some content because the Cubs just won the World Series. So I walk over behind home plate, and this is where some of the VIPs go in. I'm thinking maybe they'll let me go through there, but security was tight. That wasn't going to happen. So then I continue walking underneath, and now I'm on the Cleveland Indians side. And the reporters are waiting to go in the Indians clubhouse. And I'm standing there. I'm thinking, well, what do I do? Do I go back? Do I do this? And all of a sudden, that line starts to move. Because the Indians clubhouse is opening. They've lost and Terry Francona is ready to talk. So I get in the back of that line. Everybody walks through. And they all go in the clubhouse. And here I go. Right onto the field. And I'm standing there as the Cubs have just won the World Series. The Chicago media is all in line. I'm the only one out there. And I'm looking around. And you know, there's 10,000, 15,000, however many thousand Cub fans in Cleveland celebrating the Cubs have won the World Series. Now, unfortunately for me, the only people on the field at that point were John Cusack and random other pseudo-celebrities and none of the players and no Joe Madden and whatnot. But it was still an incredible 
just moment to be standing there and looking out and wow, the Cubs just actually won the World Series and 1908 is over, 2016, 108 years. So as I reflect right now on that and what the future is and how Joe Madden won that World Series, went to the playoffs four straight years, and somehow is going to be the fall guy for what's going on right now, it just feels incredibly off to me. That team was down three games to one. No, what Cubs teams do, they are up 3-1 and they blow the series, like 2003 with Dusty Baker, like 1984 with Jim Fry. This guy came back from three games to one down, throwing Araldis Chapman in the seventh inning of game five. He gets blamed for what happened in game seven and overusing Chapman, but correct me if I'm wrong, they did win the World Series. And now he's going to be gone, Joe Madden, because, oh, I don't know, they're lacking discipline, whatever reasons that the front office is coming up with. But it just feels off to me, way off, and it feels like something the Cubs would do back in the day when they weren't being run by Theo and Jed and Tom Ricketts. This feels like something like, I don't want to say losing Greg Maddox, but more to that than what would be right right now, which is just acknowledging that, uh, hey, we need better players. It's got nothing to do with the skipper. We love the way Joe Madden is actually representing our franchise, both on and off the field. And we're extending Joe for another three years or whatever it would be. But he's going to go on. I mean, there's no need to feel sorry for the guy, I suppose. He'll land. He'll be with San Diego or he'll be with the Angels. He'll be somewhere and he's, you know, this guy's not going to be out of work for very long. But I don't think it's good uh, for Chicago that you're losing a guy who is as quality of a human being and as successful, let's not forget that, as Joe Madden. Those are my final thoughts. This has been On The Mark. Thank you so much for listening today. Please subscribe, give a rating, tell a friend. We so much thank you for checking out the podcast and uh, look forward to another one next Monday as On The Mark comes out every Monday afternoon. Thanks for listening, and we will see you next week. Everyone knows therapy is great for solving problems, but getting therapy has its own problems too, like finding the right therapist, fitting into their schedule, and of course, the cost. Well, BetterHelp can solve those problems. It's totally online and built around your schedule. It's surprisingly affordable too. Connect with a credentialed therapist by phone, video, or online chat, all from the comfort of your home. Visit betterhelp.com to learn more and save 10% on your first month. That's BetterHelp H-E-L-P. This is the story of the one. As head of maintenance at a concert hall, he knows the show must always go on. That's why he works behind the scenes, ensuring every light is working, the HVAC is humming, and his facility shines. With Granger's supplies and solutions for every challenge he faces, plus 24-7 customer support, his venue never misses a beat. Call quickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done.